0: All the saints said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Narissa. Amen. Let me uh, get my uh, a tablet here. And thank you, Faithful Eddie. We, um, I want to talk to you this morning. Matter of fact, I'll let you know right now that there's no way in the world we're going to finish this morning. I'm just going to start it. My intent is not to to finish it. Because what needs to happen is we want to take another look at the resurrection, and we're going to come through the back door. Because you're going to see a very serious thing that took place after all that God had done. You're gonna see one of the saddest things in scripture after the resurrection. You think you think well it's pretty bad that Judas Iscariot betrayed Christ. But it's more but this and that's that's bad this is bad in another way and by the time at least if i just if i first start you off um you read the scripture so many times it's, it's pathetic this time let's see if we can go back over it and walk you through and look at some words and and just feel christ's heart through this whole process let's follow the leading goddess in our time together greatest your us. And the moments that we have in this part one of what we want to share, it would be good to put it all of all three snapshots because they all need to be put together as a puzzle so we'll see the whole picture. But, Lord, it was necessary. And help me to clearly lay this out for the saints. Open their hearts, man. I will trust you to that, Lord. Thank you for our time together. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for the insights. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. And we're talking now about the turning point. What do you do after the resurrection? You know, Jesus Christ, you know, he died on the cross of uh, Calvary. He's, he's, he had ro- risen from the grave. What do you think the response should be with the disciples and everybody else? It should be a hallelujah, thank you, Jesus type of time, shouldn't it? It wasn't. The disciples have gone back into the upper room. They closed the door and shut it. They're scared to death. They're scattered. Jesus Christ have not been proclaimed to the people. The only person that have seen uh, uh, Jesus Christ, at least Mary did, the others have seen an empty tomb. they say saying Jesus Christ has arisen, but based on just that, you would think that they would have been rejoicing, but they're not. They're scared, and they don't want to move. What do you do? It seems like it all shut down. And for the first time, Jesus says something that I haven't heard him say to his disciples. So let's get into it. We go to the Emmaus Road. When we go to the Emmaus Road, he's walking with some guys, and the reason the reason I, I want to take my time on the Emmaus Road, because some of us might be walking on that same Emmaus Road, okay? <laughs> that, that's why I want to walk you on the Emmaus Road, because what's wa- how they walked on the Emmaus Road may be the same type of attitude and thoughts that we have, and there's some principles that I need to lay out to you that when you walk the Emmaus Road, it's one thing to walk at it. Is another thing to walk in and defeat. So we come to the scriptures and it reads this, Paul. Let's read it together. Ready? And he said to them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all things that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Now that's, that's almost in the middle of the story. You see what he called them. Remember, remember one time the Lord says, "Do not call anyone a fool," didn't he? What did he just call them? i <laughs> that he says, "Oh, fools, slow of heart to believe all things that the prophet spoke." We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later here. Let's, let's get into some some things defining the term uh, turning point. A divinely appointed time when the ultimate purpose of God has been irrevocably secured to secure the redemption of man and the awesome display of his grace and glory. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, everybody dies. Okay. But when he, when he died and he they put him in, in the grave, mostly, most everybody put him in the grave or something. It's just that it's only one person I know that got up. And and as I told you before, there's no other religion that you know. All you have to ask them, did yours get up? Because we're serving the Savior that that, that has an empty grave. Okay? If If he doesn't have an empty grave, you are not saved. Okay? So it's almost like going to the bank. Whenever you go to the bank or you make any type of deposit... Online or offline, what, what do you want to do after you make a deposit? You want to check that deposit. You want a receipt, don't you? Amen. I want to make sure that I have made a deposit and I want it in my pocket so I'll know it's there. And Jesus Christ's death and his shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Amen. But. But there's a lot of folks who shed their blood. But what validates all of that is he has to get out of that grave. He got up. That's the receipt. Everything that God promised you, you can bank on it. It's going to happen. That's the receipt. The most critical thing in a believer's life is the resurrection. He says, well, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. Amen. But you better believe that he rose again. It's the resurrection. Well, Calvary was, a, was necessary because God's judgment is inevitable. Satan knows about it. The demons and the fallen angels know all about it and tremble. God's oh holy angels know about it. Man is the only one who have no clue of the gravity of the eternal judgment of a holy God. Everybody knows but man. And man, and what man, here's what man comes up with. There is no God. God says, that's okay. What you, what you declare don't exist. Watch, what I, watch this, what I'm going to do to you if you don't accept my son. And you have all of these religions and all of the the, the nations, they don't want to hear about God. They hear about issues. They have all these issues. You can mark on the issues. You can march on them. You can have the signs. But when it comes down to God, they don't want to hear him. And then they come up with all these different types of God. If you are Hindu, you have over 350 million gods. That's just in the Hindu faith. And they still add into him, and that's why the Lord says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by singular me. I'm it." And He proved it through the death on the, on the cross of Calvary, and His His burial, and then His resurrection. Thinking it through. The role of Emmaus played a critical role in the revealing the complexity of the transition from the law of grace in order for this to effectively take place, three things had to happen. One, there was a great need for clarity. That's what we'll be dealing with this morning. No more no more than this. What I'm laying up, no more than this. Other, there was a great need for confirmation. And there was a great need for provision for the commission. So. Um, what we're looking at these three. These are the three puzzles. First thing is, you have to know what you're doing. Everybody, so you have to have a clear, I, if I'm having somebody working for me, I'm working with somebody, I hope that everybody know what they're doing or it wastes time or you're going to mess up. I need everybody to be on the same page. I don't want folks who I think, uh, I'm trying to figure, no, I want you to know what you know and don't back off of it. So we, we want to deal with uh, this, is the first one this morning. There was a great need for clarity. When Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and uh, he rose again, did everybody understand what that was? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. There was a great need for clarity. That's our first one. So then we come up, loyalty. Now get this, let's read it together. Loyalty to a cause without clarity of the purpose guarantees chaos and confusion. Now, I'm going to put it here, and then I'm going to put it a little bit later. I want to drive it home to you. Loyalty to a cause without clarity of purpose guarantees chaos and confusion. Uh, The uh, comical side of it is like a Forrest Gump. Everybody running, he's running, and he's running. And But where are you going? I'm running along with Forrest Gump. He you way out there. Then he says, I'm done now. And all these folks said, whoa, whoa, whoa. well, I'm going on. I don't know where you folks are going. I'm going home. These folks didn't know what was going on because, you see, they didn't know what the cause was. All they knew was Forrest Gump was running. So I'm going to run with Forrest Gump. You better find out who Forrest Gump is. You better find out who this Jesus Christ is, that you put your whole life on the line, that you give everything up. This was not just following Jesus when he was doing miracles and everything else. After Jesus Christ died, he was going to say, guys, now it's in your hands. You better know what's going on. Now, here's, here's, here's the problem as you walk along the If you're walking along the mayor's road, Look, notice what it says. Luke, and behold, two of the men went the same day to a village called Emmaus, it being about 60 uh, city, about seven miles from Jerusalem. That's about, about from here to downtown. And they talked to each other all, uh, all these things which had happened. And while they talked and reasoned, it happened that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were held. In other words, God kept them from, from seeing this now. That's very important, so that they could not know him. And he said to them, what words are these that you have with one another as you walk and are so sad? And one of them, whose name was uh, Cleophas, uh, answered and said to him, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Where did you come from? Have not known the things which have occurred there in in these days and he said to them what the he, see, he's playing the dumb right now right he's trying to find out where they, he's trying to find out he, he's good at drawing people to uh, out so he can really talk to them what you talking about talk to me tell me where you're at I don't know what you're talking about so Jesus like Jesus like to do that to folks so he can really bring it to the top so he can deal with it And so he said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a man, a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the judgment of death and have crucified him. But we have trusted that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Wrong thinking. It was not to redeem Israel. It was to redeem the whole world. Yes, and also some of our women astound us having been early early at the tomb. And when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. They didn't say a vision, they said we saw him. And some of those with with us went to the tomb and found it even as the women had said, but they did not see him. I repeat, loyalty to a cause without the clarity of purpose guarantees confusion. They didn't know what happened. All they know is that the women went to the tomb and Jesus Christ is not there. We don't know what happened. They're walking now away, confused, walking the road of Emmaus. The men on the road of Emmaus, their inability to con- connect the dots had a fivefold effect on their thinking. And this will have the five. And get is what I want you to understand. When you don't understand the cause, here are the fivefold effects that I have on your thinking. Number one, what does it say? The description. The description referring to Christ as a prophet doing mighty deeds. You mean after all these things, he's he was the runner. They were hearing him say, I am the resurrection and the life. And he he made all of these statements, and and they say that he was. A prophet doing what mighty deeds? Two, their disappointment, having a short-sighted concept of a physical but temporal deliverance of Israel. They thought that what Jesus Christ is supposed to do is to deliver Israel. Blank. Listen carefully to me. This is where it really gets my blood boiling. I mean, I understand that there is problems in our, in our nation when it comes down to ethnicity, when it comes down to our blackness and all these other things. I understand history. But let me tell you something. Even if we had all of the privileges, if they die, they will go to the lake of fire and burn. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if Jesus Christ is not injected into what we're doing, now, I'm talking about the church. I, I, the other folks, I see what they I understand, I appreciate. I'm just simply saying, if believers are not making Jesus Christ as number one, then there's a problem because it's not deliverance as to who we are and what we should be doing. Is who Jesus Christ has, what Jesus Christ has done, and what He is doing, and what He's going to do. The time is late. We should quit wasting time. These guys, these guys, and guess what? Notice the attitude. Instead of rejoicing, instead of saying praise the Lord, they are, number, number one, you find them, them disappointed. They're, they were devastated. This is due to their understanding of Christ's death. They, they killed him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll prove this when when they're saying something. When Jesus Christ Himself said, "Hey, you know what? I, I put up, I take down my life, and I pick it back, pick it back up." Yes, they're supposed to kill me. I just told you I died I was going to die. I, t- I told you I was going to lay it down and pick it back up. But yes, they killed me. Duh. Okay. What if you had a class that when you told them all of this, they still come up with the same wrong answer? All, all of a sudden, to those who are teachers, you you say, you know. I had to step outside the door just for a moment for a word of prayer. You know what I mean? See see what I'm saying? (laughs) Now, now understand now, here's Jesus Christ who have gone through this whole thing. It it is finished. He's been beaten and everything else on the cross. He has risen again. Our salvation is everything that is in place. And he's walking along the road. And this this is as far as these guys have come. He's dead. I'm dead. I'm, wa- I'm walking along with you. <laughs> wow, that—that's some deep stuff, right there, huh? Real, some real deep stuff. They're discouraged over the confusing development uh, that uh, um, confusing development that dev- followed Jesus' death. They are being disheartened and bewildered over the possibility of his appearance. They were, dis- they were discouraged, they were disheartened. I mean, these, these guys, these guys have really been out of shape on the Emmaus Road. And let me ask you, where were you going? Were you going to church? Where are you going with all of this bad news and, and your jaw hanging down? Who are you going to talk to? You're not going to talk to the others. You're not going to talk to the disciples because they're in the room locked up. They're scared. It's just bad when you have a bad concept. It's bad when you don't know who you are and who has you. I don't care what other folks think. Do you? What, what are you thinking? That's what Jesus Christ is concerned about right now. I understand. He says, I understand what these other folks are thinking. Some of them are fools. And I talked to you about, Proverbs, about 22 types of fools. They are fools. They know better and still reject. But when it comes down to you, I told you to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the, the, the word of truth, so that when you're up against the wall, you're not acting like these guys walking along your road up to the, 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 uh, Emmaus. I don't know where you're going, but you're just, just walking. Jesus is gracious one thing he showed up where they were I, I like that you know <laughs> I, I like that that's, that's Jehovah Shama he always shows up in the midst of your confusion he won't though he won't leave you in your confusion when you belong to him let's go with with the what Because of their unbelief and not embracing their history, he left no room for sympathy. They found themselves confused and being in a great need for clarity. The why? Because there was a major transformation of how the sacrifice was given and received by God through Christ alone. Calvary and Christ's death, burial, and resurrection was the turning point where the law and grace stood in stark contrast. Do you understand that the moment that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew today, see, but I'm a Christian Jew. Uh, I'm a, a Christian Jew the next day. I'm a Jew sacrificing all of this stuff. Then now I'm a Jew. I don't have to sacrifice all of this stuff. I'm a Jew, I have to go to the temple. I'm now a Jew that don't have to do all of these things. I'm a Jew that had to keep 665 ordinances. And I'm not, I'm a Christian Jew that all i had have to do is keep two. To love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind, and love my neighbor as myself. You see... When, when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, there was a switching of the law and grace. And so for these guys, they're still thinking, they're still thinking law. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. When you talk about law and grace, they come in stark contrast with one another. The law demands daily and yearly sacrifice that only covers sin. But grace... Provided once and for all sacrifice, Jesus Christ, to cover every sin that has and will ever be, ever take place. That's grace. They call it amazing grace. And each one of us are saved by God's grace. So he says, it's grace and grace alone. Jesus' response was not sympathetic because it was not the need of the moment. Luke and uh, Luke four twenty five says, and he said to them, "O fools and slow of heart, to believe all things that the prophet spoke. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into His glory?" And And at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them in all scriptures, the things concerning himself. The law demanded blood of the animals, but grace provided the blood of of the incarnated Christ. The law was given after the deliverance of Egypt, but grace was given before we were saved. You see what happened? The law was given... After they were delivered. Grace was given. Before you were, you were delivered. It was God's grace. That saved you. Matter of fact. Grace came before the law. It was God's grace. That chose Abraham. It's God, it was God's grace. On David. And when he messed up big time. It was God's grace and mercy. With Moses. When Moses disobeyed him. Struck the right rock three times. God said you're fired. It's God's grace. That kept him. But they wouldn't understand grace at that point. But the grace that saves us. And keeps us. See the same grace that saves us. It's the same grace that sustains us. Right, so that when you're going through your problems now, Amen. you can draw on that grace. That's why they call it amazing grace. It saves and sustains. What does it do? It saves and sustains. The folks are wondering, why aren't you bent out of shape? Because of Jesus. And so guess what? They watch believers in their attitude while they're going through, through the storms. Not unbelievers, they want to see how believers respond to the problems of their lives. First, he rebuked them for their inability to recognize a prophetical reality. Luke, he said to them, O fools, slow to believe all the things that the prophet spoke. He referred to them as fools and slow of heart. And as I said earlier, to be called a fool. Now, he, he called uh, the, the disciples unbelieving and everything else. This time he said, fool. Now, the word fool here does not mean you're stupid. You see, uh, a fool is a person who can have all of the facts and still do contrary. Like there may be some in the congregation. You have all the facts to be saved and you decide, I'm not going to do it. You are a F-O-O-L fool. You're a fool. The Bible says the fool have said there is no God. That's, that's in lieu of all that they have seen and see around them. You have the Ign- they call it the ignorant fool. And he says, he says, in the, in the now, he calls them fools and then slow to learn. What would it take now for you to learn? Those of you who are teachers know this that there's different ways that people learn. Um, there, um, you can, you can uh, talk like I'm talking lectures, and they can, you know, they pretty much get it. Others may need uh, illustrations and pictures and everything else. I forgot what they call it, uh, visual, you know. Um, but each time they have to do something or see something, and then they can get it. Uh, give them the words and then let them see, and guess what? They'll get it, you see? Now what if you show them, talk to them, show them pictures, and even let them hold it, and then they say, "I don't believe it." Wh- what else do you do? <laughs> Amen. Pray for them. I mean, by that time, by that time, you need to grab yourself and keep from acting a fool around them. See, you had to grab yourself at that point. See you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Secondly, he reminded them of the need for the resurrection. Luke 24, 26 says, "Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things, and to enter into His glory?" One thing I noticed as he was walking on the road of Emmaus. When he called them fools, the guys didn't get the attitude. Did you notice that? I, I guess they were so. I guess they were so depressed. You know, you can call me fool. You can call me dummy. You can call me. You know. Uh, I'm already beat down <laughs> you know but 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 you know what I don't think that jesus uh, I don't think that uh, jesus uh, didn't uh, I don't think that Jesus came along and said, Oh you fools no no I, I'll, I'll put this down racket, I don't think that Jesus spoke in that manner he had to kind of wake these guys up It had to be one of the little wake up calls why why do you say that Donald because the word Oh, this this word, oh, is like, I don't believe this. Oh, you fools, slow of learning. Now, understand, these guys, now, they're walking along the road of Emmaus, and by this time, number one, I don't know who you are. I don't know you like that, and you call me a fool. <laughs> so, they're walking along the road of Emmaus, and Jesus says, oh, you fools, slow of learning, and he says, what about the, don't you know about the prophets and everything that you should know about? And so what happens is, wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And he began to teach that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Now they begin to put it together. You see, the first part of the puzzle is that these guys need to see what happened and appreciate it. And then the next thing is they need confirmation. We'll talk about that later. But they need confirmation and then they need power. So the first thing is you need to be clear. I need to clear up your thinking as I'm not just a Messiah to deliver Israel. I'm not somebody that the chief priest killed me. I laid down my own life. Amen. I got up. And why do you think I'm walking with you in the first place? <laughs> okay? For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I, get this now, may what? He, explain, see, he explains to these guys. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life and I that I may take it up. I lay it down and I take it up. Do you have anybody else that has that type of power? If you find somebody else that has that type of power that's more powerful than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that's more powerful than God, please let me know who that person is. Because I don't know. I just want to go with what I know. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. That's what John 10, 18 says. Uh, accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. John 11:25. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He didn't say, I'll be a part of the resurrection of the life. I'm the author of the resurrection and life. When I came out of the grave, I'm just letting you know I got this. You don't have to worry about it. This is not a Easter. This is a resurrection Sunday. <laughs> See? So then don't go back to the law when you have the Lord, the resurrected Lord. And so as, he, as he's talking to these guys, all of a sudden, the lights are begin to click. They begin to put things together. And they, they begin to understand, okay, so that's why Christ died. That's why, see, the, everything that they told Christ, now he began to unravel for them and begin to put it together, and they begin to understand it clearly. Some folks just need to be given the right instructions. When you, when we open the storyline, they were depressed because they didn't understand Why do you think God want us to get into the word? If we don't get into the word of God, you will understand the day and the times, and you're going to get bent out of shape, just like these guys walk. You're going to walk along your own road of Emmaus. I don't want to harp on this thing, but, you know, uh, yes, we had great leaders and everything else. Dr. King died. I hate the fact that he died and how he died and everything else. But I keep walking. I don't care who died. I keep walking. Because it's not who died, it's who rose again. I keep walking. And it's important that we stay focused because if you're not focused, you're not functional. And make sure that the information that you have, you have some confirmation. And so, Jesus Christ, after the cross of Calvary, then God has had three things He had to do. Number one, clarify the confusion after the cross. He knew it would be that. Because there'll be confusion between the law and grace, it'll be confusion against those who should have been paying attention and applying now their. They had to be confused and everything else. He had to clarify this for them. He didn't, get this now, you will not find him telling all the other disciples what he's telling these guys. The disciples, the Lord poured into these guys all even at the the last supper. And then if you read it, they they said, oh, Lord, now we understand. And then when they grabbed Jesus, all of them ran. All of them. Peter, who said he'll die, (laughs) gone. Third, he refreshed and and expanded their thinking. Luke 24, 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expanded. He expounded them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Think it through, notice the following results. Luke 28. And they drew near the village where they were going, and he appeared to be going along further. But they constrained him, saying, uh, stay with us. This is after he laid it out to them. They, it's clear to them now. say, well, stay with us. Uh, they constrained him saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Understand now, they still don't know it's Jesus. Then it says, and it happened as he reclined with them, taking the love, he blessed it and break it and gave it. One of the signs that we look at Jesus, every time he blessed, he break, he gave. He blessed, he break, broke he gave. And, and so he's he's doing this to the disciples and all of a sudden you find and their eyes were open and they knew him. The moment that they saw Jesus, that's when he started he became uh, uh, invisible. It says and he became invisible to them. Luke 24:32 and they said to one another did not our hearts burn within us while, it, while he talked with us by the way and while he opened scripture to us, you see what opened their, his, their eyes? When, when you get into the Word, it says, the thing that where the clouds would. when I got into the Word, when, met, when he, he started from the prophets, he opened everything up. And when I understood scripture, he said, Oh, I got heartburn. You will get heartburn when you get into scripture. Heartburn when God began to open things up to you. And things where people just read over, all of a sudden you'll say, oh, I didn't see that before. And God says, that's nice. Because, you see, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it over, open, open, open to you, see, and just kind of feed it to you so you can see it. And so, so he does just that. And so... Um, uh, it's, so it says, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the symbol, the 11 and those with them. These guys are almost getting dark. They were so excited. So excited. They went back <laughs> to Jerusalem. They went back to the place. And all oh, these got other guys. Now they're still in confusion. They got it cleared up. They've seen Jesus. Jesus has taken them through Bible class. You know, they have come out sumo come laude. They are really, and they, so they're not going to, they're telling the guys, guys, we ran into Jesus. We'll pick that up next week. We ran into Jesus. And so what, what happens at this point is that there's some things I want to lay out to you on this one last thing. Okay? Number one, read it, let's read it together. Don't keep walking on the road that you us no, no, go back and help your brothers. Okay? Number two. So it's to give a radical difference to your attitude and approach to life. So When the word of God, when you really understand it, it should change how you're thinking and how you're functioning. I was talking to one of our members and um, they were talking about um, their future and everything else. And I said, and I made it very clear to them, I said, the most important thing now is not your future, but your relationship. The closer you get to God, he'll tell you what to do and how to move, and you plan within the movement, and God comes along and reinforces it. Don't, and as I talked to them, I said, don't plan, and then, again, expect God to bless it. They said, well, I need to go back and think. Okay, that, that's fine. Make sure, because the bottom line is when people, when people see your life the bottom line is that there was an impact that you made because you obeyed God. Three, when the word of God gives you clarity, it will free you up to receive more spiritual insight. If he calls them fools and slow of learning, uh, then why did he explain to them more scriptures? You know what I'm saying? He opened their eyes, opened their minds. Now they're receptive to take more. Don't expect to receive more if you're still in grade one. Get into the word. Don't expect to get it just on Sunday. We have a responsibility. The Bible tells us study the shepherd of self-approval unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's the last one. Let's read together. Word of God gives you clarity, your fellowship and effectiveness will advance you to another level. When God gives you clarity, you move. Now you're ready to move to another uh, level personally. I don't know what that is. You know what a lot of folks try to do? They think the next, a lot of them think that next level is in front of a bunch of people doing this and this. No, 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 no. The next level, the first thing is, the next level is you will know him more. The next thing is, not only will you know him more, there is power. God will not give you power if you don't know what you're doing, you will mess up big time. The more you know and walk with him, he'll give you power to get the job done. The resurrection, this is Resurrection Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday should remind us, understand that yes, Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary. And yes, he shed his blood. and, And you know what Paul says in Hebrews? Paul says, forgetting all of this. He's saying, these are elementary things. That's for those who are in kindergarten. That's milk of the word. That's the "Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible told me so level. You should know about the importance of the resurrection. You should know about the importance of the resurrected Christ. And you should know the power that he has. Because it's the resurrection that makes the difference. Right. And when that's overlooked, then you start walking along your road. And as you walk along your road, of will <laughs> One of the attitudes is defeat. Discouragement. uh, Disillusionment. Always coming up with the next thing. And somehow putting Jesus somewhere in the picture. Resurrection living. Is putting Jesus first. And understand. Jesus Christ may come today. I close on this note. A dear friend of mine. It's amazing how the years have passed. A guy by the name of Hezekiah Brady. He used to um uh, uh be my mentor, one of my mentors. His wife called me Myrna. Um Myrna, she says, I'm I'm eighty-seven years old. I said, Whoa, well praise the Lord, you know. And they had about, uh, they had six daughters. Uh, I think Doug would feel better that he was not the only one, you know. He's, and he was saying that all my daughters and everything else were, we always celebrated on a Sunday and we come for, for, for our, um, dinner and um, they have a ministry out there, uh, out there in Kankakee. <laughs> what happened was he said, my youngest daughter and all of them are well well, well educated. Says my younger daughter, um, that particular day, she went to bed and she could hardly breathe. Now understand now, she was not when I say youngest daughter. I'm not I'm not talking about you know uh, someone that's that's old now. So she's 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 young. She's period very, very young. Says my younger daughter. She could hardly breathe knobs. So we called the ambulance. We got in the ambulance, and we got into the ambulance. Um, She stopped breathing, but they got her breathing again. We got into the hospital. It says we got into the hospital, and it wasn't long that she was dead just that fast, just that fast. She said, one thing I do know, that her life was always Jesus. Her job, the people she touched, folks came from California, folks came from all over to this little place. So we had to find a bigger place to accommodate all these people who have come. Those who uh, were believers and the unbelievers who said how she impacted their life. She not only recognized that Jesus Christ died for her sins up to the cross, she recognized he's the Christ that went beyond the cross and become the risen savior, the resurrected Lord. And that he validated his claim. Remember, when a person makes a statement, why do you say it? What is your burden of proof? How does it apply to me? I'm the resurrection and the life. When he talks about that, hey, then he dies. He gets up. That's not proof for me. The impact of those lives because she lived for Christ, the resurrected Lord. This Resurrection Sunday, should be a Sunday of not... See, how do I know that I'm getting closer to the Lord? When I get my eyes off of myself. I've held you far longer than you should be. I'm so sorry. I'd like to close in prayer. Pray for you and challenge you. Begin to think through this. The first part of the puzzle is we need to get clarity or you'll stay on the road. Repeat it to me. I need to, get clarity, I need to get clarity. Or I'll stay on the road. On the road. I, I think it's important. Let's bow and prayer, Father, I just want to thank you for the saints of God. I want to thank you for our time together as we think about the mayor's road. when we think about how you, the resurrected Christ, took the time out with all the ones who were in confusion. You didn't go to the disciples first. You went to these two guys who were walking away and turned them back and go back to Jerusalem, Lord. And all those getting night, they didn't care. They wanted to get back to tell it. it. He's alive. He did everything that he said he was going to do. Thank you, Lord. May we live with a sense of resurrected power. That's what Paul wanted. The power of the resurrection. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for what you're going to do in each one of our lives as we personally make some decisions today. Not just another Sunday. Not based on how many people are here or who made decisions. It's, it's, it's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, who stand in the need of prayer. So leading us now, great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.